Episode 243 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the very talented and successful London-based Irish television presenter Laura Whitmore, who has become best known from shows such as This Morning, Survival of the Fittest, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Now, Celebrity Juice, and of course, Love Island. This interview took place in 2008, shortly after the then 23-year-old Laura moved from Ireland to England, having won the Pick Me MTV competition to become the face of MTV News on MTV Europe. How similar are most people's assumptions of your job to the reality of it, do you think? It's similar in some ways, probably not as glamorous as people initially expect it to be. And like you do, have, you know, it's a job in the end, so you are working. But you know, it's doing something I absolutely love, and I'm having fun. So if people think it's a fun job, then they're absolutely right. <laughs> and how does it compare to what you expected? Well, there's some things that that are a bit different. I think I I was prepared because of the competition. I'd seen what the job entailed to some degree, so. I had an idea of what, what exactly was, was expected and I was familiar with what the job was because I, you know, I grew up watching MTV News so I knew I'd seen that there was travel involved. I actually didn't realise how much travel was involved which is great because I actually jumped just back from Norway so like, what, what job kind of brings you to Norway and then LA and then Ibiza so I, don't, I didn't think I realised how much travel there was but that's just like an extra bonus. And you say you suspect that perhaps people assume it's more glamorous than it is. Is, yeah. it, uh, is it less glamorous than you thought it was going to be? Um... Yeah, probably, because I suppose when, you, when you're working late and then you're up the next morning to do something else and you, you feel tired, you don't feel like you're looking so glamorous. So, so probably, yeah, it's, I suppose it's not as, it's not as glamorous as, as it looks on the TV. Is it harder work than you thought? It is and it isn't. I don't think, like, I didn't come into this completely naive. I knew, what it, I knew that there was a lot, lot of, um, you know, work involved to it. But, you know, it, it's not, it's, I, from, from working beforehand, and I, I'd worked in news talk, and I knew exactly what goes on behind the scenes. So I, I kind of had, I knew an MTV, although it's not the same as news talk, I knew it kind of would be the same setup, you know. You, you know, you need to research beforehand, you need to, a lot of things are last minute. Hmm. So you mightn't have as much time to prepare, so it's kind of just, you know, working on your, working on your feet. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm someone who loves to prepare and loves to be organized, but I realize you can't really be organized in this job, so it comes. A few months on, are you still pinching yourself? I am. Do you know that I am? I think it's when I speak to my mom. My mom's like, "Can you believe you're like?" Every now and then, we'd have a conversation. She's like, "My God, can you believe that you're you're actually doing this?" And I'm like, "It's only sometimes that I speak to my friends, and they're like, we just kind of go, oh, my God.'" like you live in London now and we just kind of have to realise especially when they came over all my friends came over and visited me over here and they're just like remember this time last year we were I don't know because um, one of them I'd worked before in another local radio station and we used to drive jeeps around Wicklow mm-hmm. and like we'd be on farms and stuff just like this time last year we're, like we were at a pig race in Arklow and now like you're in London living it up so things like that make you realise how much has changed Have you like been to an event or somebody's house and seen yourself on the television is that sort of must be a weird feeling at the moment? Um, yeah, it hasn't actually happened that much because I'm so busy all the time. Um, probably more when I came back home to Ireland and I was in the, in the kitchen in my house and then I heard my voice. Like my mum had MTV on in the other room and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was probably the first, the first time. Or I, I, think, I think at home more so because over in London I'm kind of used to, you know, in MTV it's on in the background, mm. but when you kind of come home to your own house and when you come to your friend's house and you, you hear it in the background, it's, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, there I am. <laughs> Most people new to telly are a little bit uncomfortable about seeing themselves or very self-critical perhaps. Yeah. How have you felt about watching yourself? I hate it. I hate it. I don't. I, I, I need to because you need to be able to criticise yourself, but I, I'm one of those people, I hear my voice and I go, oh my God, who is that 12-year-old speaking? I, I think of myself as a little girl or... Um, I suppose everyone is like that. I, even, like, I've talked to other presenters over here and, and I'm saying, God, I hate watching myself on TV and they're like, no, we're the exact same. I think it's anyone, I, anyone who hears their voice, even on home videos when I was younger, you'd be like, oh my God, do I sound like that? So, yeah, but you, you, have, to, you, have, to be, you have to be able to criticise yourself and I probably should watch myself back more than I do, but it's just cringe. Did you pick up anything early, like a little mannerism that you might have that you thought, I've got to get rid of that? Um, I make a lot of faces. My mother gives out to me for that. I'm, I'm very, um, 
I like just in normal life, even with my friends, I'm always quite not dramatic, but you know, like I make a lot of faces and I can do funny faces. And like sometimes I'm watching TV and I scrunch my face a lot and I make all these faces and I didn't realize I do it all the time. <laughs> so when I watch it back, my mom's like, "You do make a lot of faces, don't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I never realized that before." But it's just it's kind of engraved into me at this stage. Animated, I think you probably mean. It does, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe not that most attractive faces. <laughs> Did you feel, or have you even felt, any sort of slightly negative vibes from any other reporters or presenters about the fact that you effectively won your job in a competition? Um, no, not at all, because I think as well, because I have the background as well. Like, I, I studied journalism, yeah. and, you know, I'm not coming into this completely unprepared. Like, I am, I am quite young, but I just find, like, a lot of presenters out there, especially in music presenting, uh, entertainment are quite young and a lot of them do come in through competitions and through ways like that that's just it's hard you know like, like I didn't know anybody in this business and that was how I got my foot in the door you know it, it's very hard to get a job in this business these days and a lot of people know that so a lot of centers that I have met would have got in through that or maybe would have known someone in the industry and I, I didn't know that so this is the way I got in so mm. and when you were training as a journalist previously yeah. what were your plans hopes expectations once you'd qualified yeah, a lot of people ask me that question. I think when you're when you're in college, you don't have you don't have a, a specific plan. Like I knew I just, I definitely wanted to get into media. I was always very interested in writing, but I think the main goal was always to get into TV. But I knew that it wasn't going to be easy, especially in Ireland because it's quite small and it's very hard to get into mm. um, television stations. So my plan was always to kind of start out on radio and learn your craft to some degree and just try and get as much much experience as possible. I never wanted. To say I just wanted to do this for the rest of my life. I never said I wanted to be, you know, just do TV presenting for the rest of my life or just wanted to write for the rest of my life. I'm willing to try everything and I still don't know what I'm good at, what I'm better at and I'm just, you know, I'm willing to try anything and that's that was the main thing with journalism because it's quite broad. I love interviewing people, I love talking to people, I love finding a story, working with something that isn't much to start with and then making something out of it and just the whole aim was just to just try everything and see what suited me the best. Was there anyone's career that you fancied emulating um not necessarily one person probably a bit of a few people um namely let me think well i suppose uk wise like from television presenting wise i was always a big fan of fern cotton and davina mccall but then from an irish perspective i love miriam miriam and marion finuke and, and things like that growing up especially women because it's i suppose it was a male dominated um industry for a long time so it's mm. nice to see women getting out there and have you met any of these people? Have they given you any advice or No, tips? I haven't. Right. Can you set that up? <laughs> <laughs> See what we can do. Did you ever have any kind of a, like a spooky psychic sense that you would end up fulfilling your dream to be on MTV? Mm, you probably think I'm crazy now, but yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think when I was younger, I was always, I always kind of felt there's nothing you can't do if you, if, if you want it. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that like, I, I kind of foresaw that I was going to do this, but... Um, when I had finished university and you know, the way you don't really know where you are in life and what, what you want to do and what step you're going to take and as I said I wanted to try different things but I made a list for myself just to kind of clear my head to see what I wanted to do with where I was at the moment and number one job I put down was MTV News Presenter I swear mm. to God <laughs> uh, just because it was where I am I love music I love entertainment news but I still wanted to kind of do the news end as opposed to just present a game show or a TV show mm. So that was the first thing. So I think when I wrote that down and then suddenly I saw there was this competition, I was like, hmm, that's a, that's a little bit too good to be true. <laughs> so did you have a kind of sense of fate, destiny, when you, when you got the job? Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's always a plan to some degree made out for you, but you have to make your own, you know, like if you sit in your ass at home, you're, you're not going to necessarily get the job you want. If I didn't enter this competition, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I very easily could maybe, would not have entered this competition because I didn't realise it was a reality show and I never wanted to go down that route. So I didn't realise at the time it was and it ended up not being an intrusive show at all and I, I would have gone for it. But, it, you know, I could have saw a reality show, God, I'm not going to go in for that. And if I hadn't gone in for that, I, I wouldn't have got the job, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I, I think that to some degree it's, things are planned for you, but you kind of have to, to make them happen yourself. And maybe when you were taking part in that competition, did you have literally a dream one night? That, I you know, when you were winning. No, I didn't, I didn't have, have a dream that I'd win, but I... Because everyone was so good in the competition, I was kind of put off because a lot of them had a lot of experience and I didn't have that experience. Like I, I, I had my journalism degree, but I had no actual practical experience in the industry and a lot of them had done presenting before. So I kind of felt, God, I don't really have a chance, but I was just 
I felt so proud of myself that I got this far and that there were people who had a lot of experience who were in the final with me and because because I didn't have this experience I felt God, if I'm doing this well without the experience, can you imagine what I'd be like if I had experience? If you can follow me <laughs> at all, if that makes sense. But um, when I got closer to the end, I thought that there was a chance I could win, but there was a chance that I could lose. And it was never about that. It was more just getting to the final and just the experience. Because even with the competition alone, there was a lot of experience that I gained from that. Like interviewing on a red carpet, I'd never done that before. And the competition gave me the opportunity to do so. Do you know what's become of the other contestants? Have, have you kept in touch with yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, no, and everyone's everyone's doing really, really well. Um, Gemma, who's in the final with me, is um, presenting a radio show, Big Brother Big Ears. It's, it's connected to Channel Four for Big Brother, just like an after-show chat. And then I'm talking to Michael now as well. He was the guy, and he's uh, he's kind of going down the acting route a bit. So he's mm. doing well. And then I'm really good friends with Owen McDermott. He was the Irish guy, and he presents back home in Ireland. And when you entered the Pick Me competition, yeah. did you suspect your Irishness might be an advantage or a disadvantage in any way? I thought it might be a disadvantage because although my accent isn't that strong, I don't think it's that strong. Whenever I come over to the UK, people are, people, oh my God, you're talking too fast. And what did you say? And a lot of words I say, I get a lot of slagging for saying things like film. That's mm. how I pronounce film. And they go, no, it's film and things like that. So I thought it might be a disadvantage. A disadvantage because I had been a while since an Irish girl was on MTV so I didn't know if that's what they wanted or if there was a reason there wasn't an, an Irish person on MTV at the time. Have MTV actually had a word with you about saying things like film? Have you actually been told? They, they said keep it, don't change a thing about you. Really? That's nice. Yeah, it? it's, it's really nice because, you know what, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> like, I, I, I make sure I speak slower, I make sure that people can understand me but, you know, that's part of who I am, that's my accent so I'm not going to change it. And they haven't given you any kind of elocution lessons or particular training in you see at the end of the day i'm not working for rte i'm working for mtv so they don't want to have one generic accent or one generic voice you know they want to have different accents this is uk and ireland so people in ireland are watching that and they see someone with an irish accent that makes them connect to the news a little bit more i think so you know, mtv being great about that do you feel in a way that you're representing ireland to some degree yeah big time you representing, do yeah and actually it's been brilliant when i came home um, I've been home a few times. I was home for the auction festival, and then I was home um, just a few weeks ago. And so many people came up to me, and they're like, oh, we're so proud of an Irish girl over there, and you're doing us really proud. And that was the first time that people actually came up to me and actually recognized me from TV. So it was a bit weird, but just everyone was like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy, and you're doing great, and it's great to see an Irish girl doing so well, and we're really, really proud of you. And actually, it was a girl, and then a guy came up as well, and I, didn't, I never met them before. So I was like, oh, that's sweet. And you said initially you were a little bit concerned that your Irishness might be a disadvantage. Do you think in the long run actually it turned out to be an advantage? Um, yeah, I think, well, it's who I am. Everyone has something about them, no matter where you're from. Your accent is part of who you are. And even my sense of humour, I have a bit of an Irish sense of humour in, in, in some ways. I think it gets me away with murder at times. Um, so I think it works as an advantage for me. But everyone has their own little, their little thing that works as an advantage for them. Just be yourself. There's no point in me trying to be like trying to be Fern Cotton or trying to be Holly Willoughby or trying to be Devin McCall because I am who I am and what works the best is for you to kind of be you, you know? Mm -hmm. People will know you for you, not trying to be some other presenter. To what extent do you feel your looks played a part in getting you this job? Um, do you know what, like, if you'd seen the final hundred, I like people say, do you think how you look got you the job? Not at all. Not at all. Like, an, if, if you saw some of the girls, like there were models, six foot models who were in the final hundred and beautiful girls they wanted they wanted someone just for the looks they would have picked someone else um this is personality and i'm sure to some degree it's how you look you know they want someone who's going to be televisual in some ways but it, it wasn't just it, at all if you saw what they put us through it wasn't just for looks oh i did see that yes. they did see it. they put us through <laughs> nasty people <laughs> and many attractive young female presenters now are approached by the lads mags to do yeah. ra raunchy photo shoots and so on have you yet been approached and what's your response to them yeah, I did. I had said from the from the word go that there were things that I wouldn't do, and there were things that I would do. And MTV have always been, you know, I am who I am. So they let me like make the decisions of what like, they ask you. Would you want to do this? And I'd say no. Like I said, I'd never do zoo. I'd never do nuts. That's not. That's not. I'm not a model like that. I, I wouldn't do them anyway. Um, but I had said I would do FHM because I think that's a high-end magazine and I've, I've seen some presenters do shoots before when they're in control of the shoot and they can look really, really good. So I did FHM, but um, the day I did the shoot, 
I had complete control over what I wore. I was there as a presenter, not as a model. So, you know, people said, do you want to wear this? I'm like, no, I, I'm not comfortable wearing that. I'll wear the T-shirt. I'll wear over-the-knee socks. And they just let me do do my thing. And if you, anyone who saw, all my friends who saw the pictures were saying, God, when we saw the pictures, it's just so you. Like, because I had like a Rod Stewart T-shirt and even the you know, the rock the rock symbol I was making in my hand and everything like that. Like, that's just so you, the way you pose. So... I know people might think maybe it wasn't necessarily the best move, but I, I completely stand by what I did, and it was a bit of fun, you know, and you don't need to take your clothes off t- to be sexy, and you can see that I am wearing a lot of clothes for that shoot for a lads magazine. May we know what you declined to do from them? <laughs> I declined to, it's just they had, when, when the stylist came in, she just had different clothes, so I said, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable standing there in just knickers and bra, so I said I wouldn't do that. Mm. Uh, Laura, how much care of your appearance do you take now you're on the telly? Not as much as I should. <laughs> um, as I said, MTV is very, very relaxed. Like I do my own makeup, I do my own hair, I dress myself. There's no stylist in here. So when you, if you see me walking into MTV in the morning, what you see me wearing is what you'll see me wearing on TV. So it's very relaxed. I am who I am. My hair is the way I do it in the morning. My makeup, I'll, you know, I'll touch it up before I go on air. But as I said, it's not, that's, that's one thing people might expect. People might expect me to go into makeup three hours beforehand and have all these hairstylists and these makeup artists uh, pampering me. But that doesn't happen. <laughs> But do you feel under under pressure to kind of change your image every other day almost, but like a lot of people in the music industry do? Um, no, I'm not Madonna, so, <laughs> so no. Um, at the end of the day, I was picked for, for who I am, so I'm not going to completely drastically change myself. And I'm comfortable with who I am, so. And the blonde hair, is it real? Is it real? No, but it hasn't been for a long time since I was about 16. Right. And do you think you'll be changing that, going different colours over the years? Um, or? Well, do you know what, since... Since I was yet little, I have had like every colour under the sun just from my friends messing around. Like I had red hair, I had really dark hair, I've had... So it depends, sometimes I get... Like I've, I have really long hair at the moment, but I remember when I was 18, I got my hair like cut, like completely chopped off because I got bored with it. So yeah, like, who knows? If mm. I get bored, I might do something crazy. Laura, when you're meeting and interviewing some of the great, you know, great beauties of this world, yeah. this, this music industry, are you examining them close up? Or yeah, they're even... all really hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I interviewed Kieran Knightley and Sienna Miller, and I remember thinking that they're just beautiful, beautiful girls, and and everyone's fabulous. And I love, I love, um, I'm someone who loves people watching, and I've grown up watching people, and and everyone is gorgeous, and I wouldn't even try and compete with any of them. But um, yeah, a lot of glamorous ladies out there. Do you ask them for beauty tips or anything like that? Um, more important questions than that to be asking. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you must be, at this stage, still very thrilled to meet these people. Do yeah. You, do you kind of want to get their autographs or have photographs with them or anything like that? Um, no, no, not really. I'm pretty unfazed when it comes to things like that. Um, I, like, I love having a chat with them. Do you know what I love the most? You know when someone you grew up that you really, really like, and then when you meet them and you're afraid that they're going to be horrible and that's the worst thing that could happen. But so far, everyone I've met has been really, really nice. And I think when I met... Um, I'm trying to think, does it, like I met Chris Mark from Coldplay and he was just lovely and down to earth and that makes me so relieved because mm. you know when you have someone, like I, I love Coldplay and I've been buying their albums since they first came out and it's just such a relief to, to meet them and lovely so I, I don't want their autograph anything, I just want to chat to them and you know find out about them and do my job and even when I interviewed uh, Sienna and Kira Knightley, I just, have you had a girly chat, you know, mm. Mm. so they're just people at the end of the day, you know. Have you befriended any of the celebrities you've interviewed yet? Have I befriended? Um, no, not, not so much. I, I'm not going out to all these fancy nightclubs with them, no. <laughs> Many presenters on channels like MTV have sort of quirky, trendy names. Yeah. Have you contemplated changing yours from Laura Whitmore? Ah, no, I'm sorry when I changed that. It's my good family name. No, not at all. You don't feel that uh, in the music industry to survive, you need to get a bit more... Trendy like that. Are you implying my name isn't cool? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But you know. Uh, no, no, not at all. Are we allowed your full name? Laura Whitmore. Yeah. Do you have a middle name or anything? Yeah, but like my my like Laura and blah Mary Rose Whitmore is like it's a long one. I wouldn't use it. You know the way. Yeah, for your confirmation stuff, so you get middle names. So. And can we have your date and place of birth? And the fourth of the fifth, eighty-five. Right. And Dublin. And is there any kind of history of showbiz or entertainment in your family background not at all not at all that's why that's when i said when i entered the competition main reason for entering the competition was i never really knew much about the industry as opposed to studying journalism i never knew how it worked and that's why i wanted to enter the competition just to kind of get a taste and just to kind of see if i if i did like it and to get some experience that way i never had you know a family who was working in tv that i could ask them advice for because 
like even my best friend is is a doctor my other friend is a pharmacist my other friend is a speech therapist so mm -hmm. i'm kind of the odd one out is there any kind of theories as to why you particularly wanted this route because you seem to have fancied this direction for quite a while um yeah i think i think when i was when i was little i always loved talking to people and meeting new people and and even even in secondary school, like I, you know, I'd write for the the school magazine. Um, if we had a Christmas concert, I'd present and in, and you know introduce the next person who was going to like play on the violin or something as little as that. So I always loved talking to people. I always loved meeting people. And even before I knew this is what I wanted to do, my friends kind of knew this is what I should do. And uh, were you kind of putting on shows in the in the living room when you were a kid and <laughs> jumping behind the curtain and so on? Behind the curtain. Um, I think when I was really small, me and my cousins probably used to do little shows, but I think every kid does that at some stage, don't they? Mm. What kind of a, of a house did you grow up in? Um, a very... I just live with my mom. My, my mom has always been extremely encouraging, and I suppose that's where I got the, the idea that like, anything is possible if you want it. And my mom has always been extremely supportive, and you know, it's hard for her only daughter to be over in, in London at the moment, but she's been, she's been great. How would you describe your childhood in Ireland? Um, very happy. I was very lucky. Um, I think I realise now that my mom gave me a lot, and I always felt there was nothing kind of stopping me. If, like you know, I went to university, I moved out of home, went to go there, and I'm not I'm, like we weren't like the richest family. We weren't poor, but you know, I always kind of felt like if I wanted something, that it was nothing was stopping my. You know, my mom would always like make sure it would happen for me. Mm. So do you have brothers? I presume you say you're an only daughter. Uh, I have two half brothers. They're very, very close to. They're they're quite young. Um, I think they're they're more thrilled than anyone else. That I'm on MTV because they. I think my dad, my dad, my mom realizes how big MTV was. But my two little brothers, um, they're very excited for me. They're coming over to visit me and stuff. So they they're really excited. And were you particularly pretty as a young girl? No, I was a nerd. <laughs> what do you mean by a nerd? Um, I was one of the. As I said, like all my my friends are studying medicine stuff and we were always kind of the nerd group who'd be like like I did Irish debating and French debating and always did well in my exams and didn't I went to an all-girls school so I suppose I wasn't very glam going to school or anything like that and uh, yeah I was into my debating and 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 things like that and we you know we'd meet after school and study and boring things like that I could pretend I'm cool though which, yeah, I used to go out rocking all the time which schools did you go to I went to Lorado Bray okay and you were happy there oh yeah absolutely loved it I loved school has anyone else been there that's gone on to be famous? Um, Elaine Cassidy. Do you know Elaine Cassidy? I don't know. How would I know her? Elaine Cassidy. She's an actress. She's actually just in an American program at the moment, a new sitcom. She's in The Others with um, Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. She had her own show over in the UK, but she's really well for herself. Did you know her? Mm. No, she was a few years ahead of me. Okay. And you seem to have a, you know, a good, strong sense of style. Did that develop at a very early age? Yeah, I think to some degree I always kind of wore what I wanted to wear. Um, like all my friends have completely different styles. It's hard for us to borrow each other's clothes because we all have completely different wardrobes. And I remember once my, my little brother said something like, Laura, how come you don't wear like normal clothes that like other people wear? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, sometimes you put like a skirt with, with a top that doesn't necessarily match or something like that he said to me. I just had to laugh at him because it's just like so innocent. And I was like, yeah, you're tr that's right. I sometimes do that. You didn't get sort of sent home from school for wearing wild clothes or anything? No, I was, as I said, I was very boring. I had grey uniforms, I wore the grey uniform. Hmm. I had no crazy piercings or anything. Did anyone ever predict when you were very small that you'd be a star of any kind one day? Did anyone, any grandmother or whatever? I know when I was like around three or something, my mom went to a tarot card reader. Oh, yeah. oh not tarot card reader, maybe it was, a, it was some, some one of those, or Pam readers, something like that, and they said that she'd have a daughter who'd be in television. Really? So that was, that was kind of interesting. She didn't tell me that for a while. She was, yeah, someone actually said that once. But she didn't take it seriously at the time. And when you got the job on MTV, did she remind you of that? Yeah, I, actually, I reminded her because she told me a few years before that. And I said, like, oh, remember, we should go back to them. They seem to know what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, you should go and find them. <laughs> when they going to win the lotto, that would be nice. As a child, what did you kind of dream of doing for it? Was there anything else that you like, you know, being a nurse or a bus conductor or something that you... I thought I wanted to be a pilot for a while, but I think I just wanted my own plane. But I did actually want to be a pilot for a while. Right. I'm sure it won't be long before you have your own plane now. Mm, yeah, it might be a while. I might, I might have to borrow John Travolta's. <laughs> and growing up in Ireland, did you feel disadvantaged compared to kids in Britain in terms of future opportunities? No, not at all. I, I think 
very lucky in Ireland. I, I know I, I was very lucky where I grew up. Bray was a great place. Um, I was really close to Dublin, so I was quite central. I was near the sea, and I, I kind of felt anything anything was possible. And um, now I think people in Ireland have just as many opportunities as in the UK, and the world seems like a smaller place now. So like when, I, when I studied in I studied in Dublin City University, and I did a semester abroad in Boston, so it kind of made the world seem much smaller and that anything is possible. Like I thought, you know, maybe I'll go over to America and do something over there and I had the opportunity to, to do that through university so I think you know we've just as many opportunities as the UK. And how much sort of influence and inspiration did the international success of uh, so many Irish music acts give you? Um, yeah I, I'm so proud of, of people like like you two and the Corps and the Cranberries and and bands like that um, and even Glenn Hansard winning the Oscar for um, Glenn Hansard from the Frames do you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, I just think it's great because we're such a small country we seem to be doing a lot so um, I think you know growing up watching things like that happened it's such like a small band from like U2 um, they, their school that they went to when they were younger wasn't too far away from where I grew up so it's thinking that you know anything they just grew up in a normal school like I did so anything anything is possible did you ever see these them. people around? Um, no, I think I saw Bono once on Grafton Street. <laughs> like, that's my claim to fame. Did you do a double take? Did you go and ask for his autograph? Or? No, I didn't. Mm. Were you ever a fan of any particular pop stars? And, and if so, what did lengths did you go to as a fan? Um, I don't think I have any crazy stalkerish stories, unfortunately. It'd be cool if I had. I'm a big fan of Stereophonics growing mm. up, and I always went to all their concerts and stuff. I'm trying to think, did I ever... Did I ever no, I don't, think, I don't think I ever followed the famous person I saw them walking down the street we probably didn't get enough of them if I lived in London maybe and saw more but my claim to fame really was seeing Bonnet walking down Grafton Street <laughs> Did you not have anyone's poster on your wall as a kid? When I was when I was 10 um, embarrassed to say I had a boys on poster Did you really? And who was your favourite? Stephen I don't think it was ever going to happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah quite Broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> Have you interviewed them now that they've made this big comeback? No I haven't actually do you think you'll admit to Stephen that you had his poster? Of course I would. I interviewed Liz Bonin and she used to be in a girl band. Were you ever, was there any question of you going into a girl band at any stage, like a Bewitched or whatever? Um, not, not, I think, I think I'm better at talking than singing. <laughs> hmm. um, I did, like, I played the, the guitar for a little while and I did musicals in school, but I, I don't think I, I could, I was good enough to go professional. I think I'm better off at interviewing people who do it as opposed to doing it myself. And what school productions were you in then? Oh, God, all of them. Just in, in DCU, there was always musicals every year and plays. I was in Macbeth and I was in, um, we did Sweet Charity, the musical, and, yeah, just university plays and, and in school. And you know, we did, like, Aladdin or something. Uh, we did, like, well, it was a cheap imitation of Aladdin. <laughs> we did things like that, so. Did you get any lead roles? Uh, I did. I was Lady Macbeth in Macbeth. That was a cool part to play. Yeah. And what about the musicals? And in the musicals, well, in Sweet Charity, I was her best friend. Oh. <laughs> so you can sing a bit then? Uh, a little bit, but I, I, I hate doing it in front of people. I hate doing karaoke. It's like my worst nightmare. I'd rather get up and talk in front of loads of people as opposed to sing. How much of a dream or expectation was it for you to work in the UK one day? I always said to myself that I wanted to, to move to London just because there was so much happening there and there's a lot more opportunities and just even as a rite of passage, I think it's a place where everyone should live in their early 20s. So much is going on. So even if I didn't win the competition, I'd always, I'd always said to my parents, I'd always said to myself that I was going to move over to London anyway. A bit of life experience. And when you did move over full-time, that, that was once you'd won the competition, yeah. I presume. Yeah, just, it was great to have a job because I think my, my parents would have been worried if I came over with no job. Hmm. And how upset were you leaving? Was it a very tearful day? No, not really, actually. I had a party. Um, no, I've always been quite an independent person. I, as I said, when I studied in Boston for six months before, like I, I, when I moved to, to university, I'm just, I kind of I find my home wherever I am. And I said, the world's such a small place that you know, all you do is jump on a plane now just back to Dublin and you're home in, in a few hours. So. But what was your mum like? Was she in a bit of a state, though, when you were leaving? No, but I think she was just happy because I think she was worried because I had said if I didn't win that I still wanted to go over to London and she was worried for me coming over with no job just because London is such an expensive place to live in and mm. it's such a big city. So I think like, she knows that I can look after myself and she knows that she's not far away and she's just she's happy for me that, that I got what I wanted and that you know I was, this is my dream and that it looked like I was going to get it. Did you get homesick at all? Um, 
I haven't really had a chance to. I'm, I'm not someone who gets homesick much. I miss sometimes some of my friends if they're just up the road. You know, you can just kind of go up to them for a cup of tea or for a chat. But I do have, I have a few friends from home living in London now, so. And what sort of mementos of home or Ireland in general did you bring over with you? What did I bring with me? A lot of my, a lot of my friends and stuff kind of gave me little presents just to kind of, just to kind of keep little teddies and things from home just to remind me. But I don't think I have, I didn't think I brought much with me. A lot of photographs from home. I know someone who fills photographs, but I didn't bring like a four-leaf clover or a little <laughs> leprechaun over or anything like that. Or your Stephen Gately poster. No, that, 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 that got like dumped a long time ago when he broke my heart. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> Only joking. Do MTV put you up in a flat or, or have you bought your own or what? Oh, God, no, I wouldn't be able to afford that. Um, no, I'm, I don't know, I found one myself just on, on the internet, just on one of the um, renting sites and I'm just living with two other people. So right. Just renting a room. Are they sort of friends from Ireland or what? No, they're completely just two people that I met. Um, they're not even in. The, I, I wanted to live with people who aren't necessarily in, in the media industry. So, you know, one is one is like a solicitor, and one is like works in the bank. So, hmm. <laughs> roughly, what area? North, south, east, west of London? North, not too far from from where I work. So. Yeah, and is it a very smart place or no, just it's very a, small? <laughs> right. I have a lot of boxes under my bed with clothes because I have nowhere else to put them. <laughs> And I imagine the priority when you move in somewhere is, has to be a Sky Channel so you can pick up MTV. Yeah, well, I, I haven't been in there much, so we're still trying to set, set up our TV and stuff properly. So, Have you got a big plasma in your room? No, I don't. <laughs> My room is tiny. What have you found to be the big differences between living in London and Dublin? Um, the main thing about, like, Dublin was thriving. There's always stuff happening, but London, there's every night of the week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday there's always something on and like I'm I'm too tired to be going out every night so it, it's weird because in Dublin you're kind of okay what's on is there anything on this week but in London it's like something is on every week so it's very fast paced I think I found that like I'm someone who likes to live in a city but I did find it very fast paced when I first got here and on the tube there's so many people and you know, when you're trying to squeeze on a tube and it felt very dirty, it, you know, if you're not used to that, because at home we don't have an underground system, so it kind of took a while to get used to it, the amount of people. People always comment when they go to Dublin in particular how extremely friendly the Irish are. Have yeah. You, have you found the, the Londoners to be a bit more reserved? Um, not so much res reserved, um, just because there's so many people, you, you can't stop and talk to someone in the middle of Oxford Street <laughs> You'll never see them again again in Dublin because the city is so small. You know, you walk down the street and you see someone you know. Um, although that's happened a few times. A few times I've walked down, um, I've been on Oxford Street and I've seen someone I know. So it just goes to show you, so it's anywhere small to some degree. But uh, no, people are people are quite friendly when when I go out. Um, it, it it's it's a different it's a different type of humour I find like the the British humour as opposed to the Irish humour. But I think I think we get it. <laughs> and uh, how often have you been recognised in public? Um, more so at home, back in Ireland, than over here. And when you have been recognised, what, what have been the more unusual circumstances? I told you, I found someone came up to me and was saying, oh, we're so proud mm. that an Irish girl over there. But I think that the funniest was, when I was at Oxygen, and then there were these two girls, they were only around 11 or 12, and they followed me to the toilet. Oh dear. <laughs> I waited outside the cubicle to say hello. <laughs> that was it, funny. Is it a bit freaky early on in, in your career like this to be recognised in public? Do you kind of think, how do they know who I am? So. I think it's it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, um, and everyone's been lovely, and um, I kind of forget that the people actually watch watch. I, you know, when you when you're doing the job, you forget. Oh God, I'm actually on TV, and people will see it. Like it's not. I'm not, I'm not big. Like there are a lot of much more important people out there on TV who who recognise a lot more. But it's nice. It's nice to think that people watch you and and think that you're good. So um, it hasn't been weird. It's just been really. It's been really nice. What have most people wanted to say to you or ask you when they've seen you? Um, it's really funny, a few people come up to me and they say their name, they say, Hi, I'm John, and this is MTV News. <laughs> so I've heard that a few times. Had you ever practiced signing your autograph before you were ever on the telly, and, and what was the first occasion you were actually asked to sign one? Oh, God, yeah, everyone does that when they're, like, when they're sitting in the back of their maths class doodling on their book. Um, the first time was at... Um, I don't really get asked, because I'm, like, uh, I don't consider myself famous. I interview famous people. Sure. But... Um, just once I went to a premiere with Ricky, who I co-host with, mm -hmm. and someone asked for my autograph, and I was like, oh, God, what do I do? Do I write my name, write my first name, my second name? I don't know. <laughs> I just copy what Rick does. Perhaps you should check on eBay. It might be there, your first ever autograph. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think anyone would buy it except for my mum. No. Since going on TV, have you found people's attitude towards you has changed? Um, no, I think it's still early days. 
uh, I, you know, I'm still not not, not really. I, I know when I hadn't seen some of my friends for a while, and one of them came over, and she's like, "Oh, I was really worried that you know you might be different in some to some degree." And then she goes, "But you're the exact same. You're still just completely Laura." And I was afraid that they'd act different towards me, but you know, five minutes after meeting your old friends and everything's everything's back to normal. People who don't know you maybe might act a bit like, "What am I supposed to say to you?" But people who know me, they're the exact same as they always were. Hmm. And how much fan mail uh, do you receive, or have you received? Zilch. <laughs> do you want to write me a letter? <laughs> oh, nobody's written to you. Um, no, actually, I've got a few emails from people asking where I got my tops. All right. That's, that's, that's where it ends. Oh. And have you replied? Um, yeah, I do, all the time. Right. But a lot of them are kind of, a lot of them clothes I wear are clothes I bought, like, two years ago or something like that. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't think it's in the shop anymore. How much are you advised by MTV on on styling and so on, or do they nothing abs- at all? Right. No, it's completely me. You know, they, they know my style. They know I am. I am. I, you know, like there's, there's certain colours I can't wear because it's a green screen. So obviously I can't wear green or yellow hmm. or anything too glittery that might be distracting to the eye. But as opposed to style, it's completely me. No, I just remember on the Pick Me program they had a stylist to sort oh, of. Oh yeah, that's issue. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, that was more just just to kind of give us a makeover and make us kind of feel. It's kind of make, to make us feel glam, but it's weird because I'm not used to someone dressing you. We all found it quite hard because, you know, when you're used to your own clothes, and I remember we were all like, I don't feel like me anymore. But that was for Pick Me. That doesn't happen on a regular basis here. That was just for the competition. And you're quite fond of berries, aren't you? I like my hats, yeah. They cover um, bad hair days. <laughs> and is this going to become a bit of a trademark for you, do you think? Um, is that the idea? Well, any time you see me wearing one, it's probably because of a bad hair day underneath or I need to get my hair done or something like that. So, um... Uh, I have a lot of them in different colours, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think I'd advise any girl to have one. They're great. <laughs> Many people new to the public eye have been subjected to kiss and tell articles in tabloid papers. How, how much have you feared that happening from from your you know earlier days in Ireland or whatever? Uh, not at all, because you know any anyone I've been friends with when I was younger, I'm still friends, really good friends with now, and I'm still in contact with all my friends from home. Like I email them and ring them all the time, so. I'd be very surprised if there's anything like that because I'm still friends with everyone and, and anyone I was ever friends with would never do anything like that, I hope, as far as I know. Mm. I don't think they would. I'd be very let down if they did, but I really don't think they would. I've good friends. Have you ever done anything shocking or outrageous in your early days? Um, I know when I, was, when I was in DCU and university, I was always extremely involved in college life. Like I was on the student union and I was involved in a lot of plays and stuff, so we used to, to promote... Um, shows, we used to dress up in the costumes and walk around the college or walk into the library or walk into lectures just to kind of catch people's attention just to advertise things and I've organised a lot of events for, uh, in college for charities because I was on the union and I was the equality officer and I organised this drag ball so all the girls had dressed as guys and the guys had dressed as girls so I dressed up as a guy with a moustache and like in a suit and then all my my friends who were guys borrowed my clothes and dressed up as girls and we ended up raising a lot of money but um, I suppose that was that was crazy at the time because you know i thought i made a good looking guy <laughs> as a music presenter do you feel any pressure or expectation to live a wild existence um no i, c- I couldn't live a while i'm on tv too much to live a wild existence i'd look wrecked <laughs> mm. all the time may we know if your mum kind of feared for you you know getting into the drug scene or anything when you oh moved not at all i don't even smoke i've never i can i can say hand and heart i've never touched anything in my life nothing mm. at all and my mom knows that, and my family know that, and that you know, they, they that never even came into came into play. And have you ever had any kind of really difficult things to overcome in your life? Because it sounds like you've got a fairly, you know, blessed life. Really, have you ever had any really difficult things to go to get through? Um, I think I'm very lucky. I know at the times when you're younger, and you know, you think you've the, the worst life, or you're going through the worst thing in your in your life, and when I look at back now I'm like no I've been really lucky I suppose the fact that I just lived with my mom and like all my friends you would have you know families at home like more like stereotypical families so that maybe would have been different but um, I just that's my family and I'm just lucky that they're so supportive and you know I I think I have been very lucky I I can't complain It says in your biog that you don't have a boyfriend is that what you've been told to say or that's true? No I don't (laughs) I haven't been told to say that Uh, No I don't How long have you been on your own for? Um, not that long. I, I was, I don't kind of want to get into it, but I was with someone for a while who I'm really good friends with now, but I'm in London now, so I have no time to be, be looking at boys too busy working on my career, you know? Mm. <laughs> but it says here that your, your kind of ideal is Ashton Kutcher or 
Johnny Depp. So it's yeah. quite a lot for people to live up to, isn't it, really? It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. You know, there's lots of Johnny Depps walking around now. And, you know, I suppose if someone asks you who's your ideal person, try not go for the, your most ideal. They're about married, though, so. Yes. <laughs> Don't think it's going to happen. But have you actually interviewed either of them yet? No, I haven't. So I was, I was at the MTV Movie Awards and Johnny Depp was there, but he didn't do any interviews, but I saw him. Right. And when you've met these people, uh, how excited h- have you got? Um, yeah, no, it's, quite, it's, it's such a good feeling. Like when I interviewed Coldplay over in LA, I had such a good buzz afterwards. You know, when, when you meet someone that you really like and you interview them and it's a good interview and they're nice to you, it's, it's an excitement inside you can't explain, like just in your stomach where you feel really, really happy and you just, like I'm proud, like I, I wouldn't go mad, and, ah, like, like a fan because I'm trying to be to some degree professional. Um, but it is, it is extremely exciting and Sometimes I meet, like I met McFly, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of McFly, but my little brother loves McFly. Oh. So I remember I asked them for an autograph, and I, I kind of, I recognize that sometimes I'm not getting excited by meeting people, but other people would. So I remember getting pictures and autographs and sending them back home to Ireland for, for my little brother. And when you were first on screen, uh, were you incredibly nervous, to, and, and how did it manifest itself? So did you feel like throwing up, or no, what? No, it's weird. It's really weird. I just don't seem to get nervous. I don't know. I, I get nervous about singing karaoke, but I wouldn't get nervous about being on TV. It's weird. <laughs> What would you say are the perks of your job, apart from the job itself being a good fun? Besides it being good fun? Yeah, have you, had, have you found yourself getting uh, upgraded on airlines or no. free restaurant <laughs> tables? Or? No, no, yeah, but just the fact that I get to travel a lot mm. and, and to places that you'd never consider going, or not even consider going, but you just wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that I'd end up going to Norway for a music festival that I never even knew existed until now. Um, and just, just travel is, is brilliant and just the opportunities, and I kind of feel that MTV are great that they... Mm-hmm send me in for an interview with someone who's really big and they just trust me to to you know know what I'm talking about and to do the best that I can do and it's great to feel trusted in your job. Do you get much feedback as you go along? I mean presumably you're you're contracted till next April aren't you? For yeah for it will be May yeah. Does that make you feel a little bit insecure because after all is it it is only until then so that you know you're up against it. They're going to get rid of me and get someone new. <laughs> <laughs> I well. hope not. Um, not. Not that I know I don't think they, they planned that far ahead there's too much going on now. What are you kind of hoping for? You want to stay in MTV for many years to come, or do you want to move over to BBC, or what's your um, thoughts? I don't really know. It, it's hard, because people ask me this question all the time, but at the moment, like, I'm not in this job long, and I think it'd be wrong of me to say I want to do this next, I want to move on from MTV, you know, because I'm still defining my feet here. Obviously, I want to try different things. I'd love to try radio. I'd love to write a bit more. I do write for the website a bit, but I'd like to be able to do more. I'd like to try different things. Obviously, I don't want to be at MTV for the rest of my life, but I, I'm extremely happy where I am now, and we'll just see what happens. I, I think it, it's hard to plan ahead now because with just the industry changing so much, there could be a station that hasn't even been set up yet that I might end up working for. Do you fear the fact that, you know, they kind of love you in this kind of area when you're young and beautiful and perhaps, you know, in 10, 15 years' time when, you know, you won't be in so much demand or...? Um, I suppose that, that's, that's, it is that type of industry. It is, it is a tough industry where, you know, um, you know, I'm not stupid. I know by looks and youth is a huge thing. But um, that's why I'm always, it's always important to be yourself and to have your own personality because your personality won't change over the years too much, I hope. Mm. So if you can kind of let people know who you are by how you're interviewing or, you know, your sense of humour or something like that, that, you know, obviously you'll evolve. So I know I'm not going to do MTV News the rest of my life, but when I get older, there'll be, there'll be jobs that would suit me for that age group and what I'm into then. So, you know, I, like, I'd be stupid to say that, you know, I wouldn't get worried as I'm older that it'd be harder to get a job. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying each day as it comes and I can worry about that when I'm old. <laughs> would you like to be talked about like in MTV News one day like in a sort of gossip sense because you're such a successful presenter mm. oh, oh I don't know I don't think I've, I've, I've witnessed um, people like Amy Winehouse followed all the time but paparazzi and talked about all the time and I don't think I'd be able for that you wouldn't because a lot of people you know want to go into this kind of business just to be famous just no, to be as I said you know I was really worried about the whole reality and I knew Pick Me was going to be a reality show because I didn't know at first I just thought it was like a competition on my yeah. face yeah. Um, I'd never go for Big Brother I just I just couldn't I couldn't deal with that have you made any mistakes on air yet any gaffes yeah yeah probably all the time um, but I just talk my way out of things that's I think I think it's the Irishness as well I've always learned to be able to talk my way out of things I just make it if anything goes wrong make a joke out of it and move on don't right. dwell on this how much research do you get to do before you do an interview I mean presumably you're just thrown into things at the last minute as you yeah it, it, it varies because um, some things you might know a few days beforehand some things you may not know until you're putting the taxi on your way um, so if I can because 
I have my own desk and my computer here if I if I have time and if I know in advance I'll just do as much research as possible and set up the questions. Um, if I'm thrown into it at the last minute, I like have to kind of I like I'll ring around. What I've done sometimes is actually ring friends who who I know who are big fans and ask them. What if as a fan, what question would you really like this person to answer? Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, because yeah. especially with someone who you are not a big fan of, so I'll I'll find a friend who is because you know it's fans who are going to be watching it. So what would they like like to be answered? And you can't get things like that on the internet or in Wikipedia or you know on the latest reviews. So sometimes just asking people, asking friends, asking people around the office. You know. Mm. Do you find your friends are calling you after every big interview you do? So what were they like? You know. Not really. A lot of my friends don't really care. Mm. <laughs> they're too busy with their own lives. As I said, um, like a lot of my friends aren't in this industry. And I remember once texting one of my friends saying, "Oh my God, I just interviewed who was." I think it was like John Voice on the red carpet and I was like mm. I just interviewed John Voice and my friend wrote back I just delivered a baby it was amazing and I was like okay you win yeah. <laughs> you win I'm not going to try and compete with that mm. what has been your most special moment so far in the few months that you've worked so far um, I remember being at the, the Gibson Amphitheatre in LA that was like my first job and it was the rehearsals for Coldplay mm-hmm. and I remember I got to sit in and watch them and it was that song Viva La Vida yep with all the strings in it and I just felt like such an inspirational song and I remember sitting and so many people would kill just to be sitting like up the front watching that I remember just hearing the music and I just kind of got that excitement exciting feeling I knew I was going to interview them afterwards and that was just it just kind of sums up how I felt when you hear the music and you're just in that place surrounded by all those people and that was kind of it was near the beginning as well so that would probably that probably would have been the most amazing moment so far so who are your sort of top five interviews so far apart from Coldplay who who Who, who I've done or who I'd like to do yeah um Michael Caine um, on the red carpet. I didn't speak to him for long. I had like two or three questions, but he just reminded me of like what my dad would be like in a few years. Right. Um, I just thought he was lovely. <laughs> so and, and he's a legend. So, so that was cool. I don't want to leave anyone. I, I sometimes you know I sometimes forget who I've interviewed and I have to think back. Um, as I said, John Voice on the red carpet. Yep. was cool because he, he it was a really really hot day and we were on the red carpet for ages. And then he asked me was I wearing sun cream and to be careful <laughs> and make sure I was wearing sun cream. I like when people are nice like that, looking out for you. The Pussycat Dolls were lovely and they. I interviewed them twice, so when nice. I interviewed them the second time, they recognised me. That's nice. So it was nice. And uh, actually, Sienna Miller was funny because she flagged me for saying film. Oh, yeah. Because my, she does an Irish accent in the film The Edge of Love. Yeah, yeah. And then she went, I said, I'm 100% Irish. And she's like, oh, I'd never guess that film. And then Because <laughs> I always get flagged for that. So I just thought that was funny. Have you done many Irish people? Um, I interviewed the script. Do you know the yeah, band yeah, script? Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, was, that was the most funniest interview ever because I think the minute they started talking, we suddenly put on we just became really Irish and we started talking really fast and it was just it was so funny because I was saying how I really miss tea over here yeah. because you can't beat a cup of Irish tea and then they I think the interview totally went off the point but it was really good it worked really well it was a funny interview yeah. but um, we ended up talking about tea and then they told me to um, to try this tea called Yorkshire tea and it's really good and then Glenn was saying that he sent it to his mom back home in Ireland and I completely went off the subject but it was just really really funny uh-huh. and it made actually made for a really good interview and has anyone been difficult with you? Because occasionally you do get people who are tricky. Um, I was a bit disappointed with David Duchovny. Why? When I interviewed him for the X-Files, just because when I asked him just about the X-Files and he said he wasn't a fan of it and he didn't like the X-Files, and he was just, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and just he just, he just wasn't... Because normally when I chat to someone, I try to chat to him like a friend. I just found him hard to kind of... to chat to. Yeah. Like, he was fine. He was doing his job, but I kind of felt he didn't really want to be there. <laughs> So who are on your list of people you'd like to interview you haven't yet or whatever? Um, I'd love to interview Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. Yeah. And apparently he's absolutely lovely, so I'd love that. Um, really like to interview Johnny Depp, but he doesn't do that many interviews, but I'd love to interview him. Me think Bono would be good. They'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So many, so many bands I love. Stereophonics, because I was just a big fan of them growing up. Stephen Gately here, and I have to, oh. have to tell him how I loved him when I was 10. <laughs> I think that would be funny. Um, I used to be really small as well when I was little. I think now I'll probably be double his height, so I don't think it'll work at all. <laughs> Who else? Oh, Madonna would be, be pretty cool. I, actually, I see a lot of, there's a lot of bands that I loved growing up that, um, actually I've got to say, yeah, Primal Scream, I interviewed them. Yeah. Uh, I already interviewed them. They were brilliant to put them down and my favourite people to interview. Mm. Manny, especially, he was great. And how far ahead are you planned? Do you not know every day you go in the office what you're going to be doing? I haven't, no, don't know at all. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I, the, the, the Edge of Love premiere, I didn't know that until literally 20 minutes beforehand. So I love that. I love not knowing what life has in store. I don't want a 9 to 5 job where I know what I'm going to be doing for the whole day. Do you think that because this is so incredibly exciting, yeah. uh, 
you know, in the future, you're going to find it hard to match this kind of excitement. Um, no, because life is exciting in different ways, like trying different things. Uh, once, once I'm challenged, that's all I want. You know, I, I, it doesn't matter if I'm not being like brought all over the world. Because um, I'm sure I'll be stage where I don't want to be doing that. But once, once I'm challenged in some way, that's enough for me. And do you find it hard to sleep with all the adrenaline of the excitement? No, I'm wrecked. <laughs> I sleep very well. Do you? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes after I've done a very exciting interview, it gets really inside you and it's hard to calm down afterwards. I suppose, if, if I know in advance I'm doing an interview and, say, I know I'm interviewing someone the next morning, my head will kind of be full of questions. Mm. Um, but then, with this job, sometimes I don't know I'm interviewing someone till the next day. So I get a nice sleep before I know I have to interview them. And how do you cope with the jet lag because you're flying around so much? I'm, I've always been really good with flying because for the competition... I was working full-time in a radio station, and then I used to like take one day off, and then the next, like at six in the morning, get the flight over to London, and then do the competition, do whatever task it was, and then fly back that night at midnight, and then go to work the next day. Mm. So I kind of just got used to it. They're only short flights, but I kind of got used to it, so I just feel like I'm on a bus or in a car. So um, I've always been a pretty good flyer. Yeah, yeah I take it you're not scared of flying or anything like that? No, no, no. <laughs> my carbon footprint will be terrible, though. <laughs> uh, well, how much do you get in the way of days off and holidays and things? Um, Have you had any yet? No, but sure, it's all one big holiday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you see it? I do. Like I, you know, obviously, when I'm going to to Ibiza or something to to work, it's still a great opportunity that I'm going there. So I don't kind of think of it as work. Hmm. And when you go clubbing now in the West End or something like that, do people do you find people sort of looking at you with some sort of expectation of? No, I don't think people really. There's, there's much more famous people out in London than me. No one really cares about me, so it's hmm. fine. And I don't I don't go out that much clubbing wise. Like I, I kind of more go to my local or meet up with friends. Hmm. And at the moment, presumably, you're kind of career-orientated, but yes. do you look ahead to the days when you want to get married and have kids and so on? Um, of course, I, I want that at some stage, um, maybe not for the next 10 years or so. But, yeah, I'd like to think I can enjoy myself now. Like this, the work that I do now, obviously, is not work you could do with a family, or it would be really hard, you wouldn't be able to be doing, be kind of traveling around that much. But, um, yeah, I suppose I, I, I have another few years. Don't, don't be putting me under stress. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think you'd move back to Ireland one day, or do you think you're, you're in the UK to stay? Um, I'd like to think I'd retire to Ireland, maybe. I love Ireland, like, it's a great place. Any particular part? I love Wicklow, where I'm from. Like, I'm from County Wicklow, across yeah. Braes. And I love, I love the West Coast. I love Galway. I used to always go to the Gwail Talks Irish College during the summers, out right. to Connemara. It's a gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if I could afford um, a nice place, maybe in Dorky, it would be great. <laughs> Do you think people assume you're loaded already because yeah, you're on Yeah, they TV? do. I'm not. <laughs> I think they do, yeah. I think people think anything to do with television is like that, but I think people who work on TV know it's not. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to no, you. All right. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. And continued success to you. I will. I will. Fingers crossed. Well done. Thank you. Cheers, Bye. Laura. Thank you.